In 1984, Joe Deaver released the first of the Lone Wolf game books, introducing readers to the Kai Lords and the world of Magnamut in which you were the hero. Now, 40 years later, those books are coming back, and we're here to talk about them. It's the Journeys Through Magnamun podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Journeys Through Magnamun with myself, Jonathan Stark, sometimes known as Zip on the community. And I'm August Hahn. And today we are also joined by two other guests. Would uh, would you like to introduce yourselves? Well, we can start with Oscar. Hi, I'm Oscar Colquist, uh, and I do the narrations and sound for the Lone Wolf Fortress of Death project. And we also have Gustav. Hello, I'm Gustav Sundin. I am the programmer and software developer for said project. And if those intros weren't a giveaway, today we are very excited because we are diving into a new Lone Wolf product, and this is the Fortress of Death. Can we get some like bum bum bums? Do we have? Do you have the the dun, thunder? Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, can you tell us a little bit about what what? is Fortress of Death? Uh, I think August could uh, answer that question the best uh, since he wrote the the story. Um, but uh, it's all going to be done through the platform that we built called Sound Realms. And Sound Realms makes audio RPG experiences, like solo RPG experiences. So this is basically going to be an audio game book that was written by August. August, do you want to expand on that then? Uh, sure, absolutely. Okay, so originally there was this uh, phone game, uh, literally called Phone Quest. Uh, and this was back in the 80s. It, this was written by Joe, and it was called Fortress of Doom, which, which basically retold the story of Lone Wolf's travels through Castle Death. Now, you and I did a podcast on this book, but... In the phone game, you took a slightly different path, but it was mostly just a, a audio version of that book. Fortress of Death is a complete retelling. You're a new hero. Uh, in fact, you're one of five, six, if we make the stretch goal. The story is the, the, the story is different, the setting is the same, and it is a completely immersive audio experience uh, from the great guys at Sound Realms. And the art is who is doing the art? Because there's art that's integrated into this. Oh, I am uh, glad app. you asked that because the art's amazing. Yeah, the the art is done with uh, our our preferred in-house guy called uh, Sam D. Larson, uh, who we've been working very closely with, who was also very excited about us doing a, a long wolf uh, thing, and and he's been. Uh, He's been very passionate about this and uh, just delivering more and more arts. And he he's does, does everything in a specific style for just this project. Uh, if, if you look at the Mason Magic stuff he's done, it's it's not the same. So uh, he's really into this and, and in, in, into the platform and into role-playing games and into game books and Lone Wolf. So so we're very fortunate that we found that guy. And uh, he's, a, he's a big metalhead as well, just like me and Gustav. So, so we really, really get along. <laughs> Excellent. 
Now, this really takes me back. These uh, these phone these phone call in kind of books. I, I mean, I remember I, I did not uh, have Fortress of Doom when I was a child, but I remember there were there were sort of call ins and, uh, you know, have have a book read to you. There were the hotlines were sort of the thing. There was the Nintendo Power hotline, which I probably, you know, maxed out a credit card on at some point, just being like, Let, let's talk about Mario. I, I don't have any questions. I just want to talk to somebody. But um, <laughs> did any of you actually did any of you actually play Fortress Fortress of Doom back in the day? No, that was a UK dial number and we were in Sweden. So that would have been extremely expensive. I probably would have been <laughs> completely disowned by my by my parents. I did have um, like Dragon Magazine and I, I saw the number there, but I knew that that was, that would have been, uh, Castle of Death would have been my house if I would have taken that path. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Even if you were local, it was way too expensive eventually uh, although joe did attempt some cost saving methods like after the first time you got the rules explained to you when you called up you could bypass all that and save yourself like 11 minutes which was significant so august you you wrote the scenario correct uh yes absolutely and how much of this scenario is based on the old fortress of doom to be honest, not not much of it. Not not much of the scenario itself. Of course, the setting is is all Joe. It's all Castle Death. It's it's on the Isle of Kor. Uh, it is Kazan Ud. It, it's it's Castle Death. All of the setting material is there. There's the island. There's the fortress. The dungeon beneath it. But the story, the setting, the characters, even many of the creatures are completely original. Now, this is interesting because the, the original was an adaptation, right? It was book seven, but right, done right. audibly. And this is the setting. But as I but as you've said, there's at least your there might be more characters. Uh, we can talk about stretch goals later, but the but none of them are lone wolf. Is that correct? Uh, correct. Absolutely. A even the one Kai character isn't exactly a Kai Lord. So give us this setup. Is this the story then of other people who came to Castle Death on their own quest? Uh, yes, that is exactly correct. Each of the characters has their own reason for being there, uh, which, as was touched on earlier, it, it creates unique story opportunities. The the interaction between the setting and the characters and the player that is really only possible with something like an audio adventure, like Sound Realms, is different for each and every character. Give us a sample. Like what give us an intro to maybe one of these characters, just so people can get a sense of what you'll be playing as. I should who? Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe what? <laughs> a Gorgas. <laughs> You know, uh, interestingly enough, I, I did consider making one of the characters a secret Hellgast. Oh, that's a and, cool idea. And maybe I did. Ma Ooh. <laughs> maybe it's Gustav <laughs> but, right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gura. 
Ah, oh, man. You, you, <laughs> if, 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 only, if only you hadn't had that little audio slip. Now we've all got to die. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's okay. Well, okay. So the, the original character, the character that you play in the demo is a sword knight of Ilion. Their entire reason for coming to Castle to Castle Death is to recover their family's lost blade. Uh, it, it's a point of honor to them, you know. That they're called the Sword Knights. They they care a lot about their weapons, um, and so your entire experience in Castle Death is going to be driven by the fact that you need to find your lost blade, recover it, and then of course get the heck off the island. All of which are different phases for your quest, and all of which make your experience unique from any of the other characters. And, you know, one thing that's kind of exciting about that, too, is because because I'm assuming these are all prequels, because Castle Death, spoilers, isn't necessarily in the same state after Lone Wolf is it because Lone Wolf is like a walking nuclear bomb everywhere he goes. Pre- pretty, pretty much Lone Wolf treats it like it was a boat. Yes. <laughs> so the, so one of the exciting things is, you know, how, what happens to you in this game could be canon for the world, even if you don't make it, because we know lots of people go to castle death and don't make it. Well, 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 right, exactly. They don't call it the Tickle Fortress. They, they call it Castle Death. <laughs> Under the gloom of grey clouds and a darkening sky above, you are lowered off the edge of the Silver Star. Your small skiff descends onto the crashing waves lapping against the hull of the caravel that has brought you this close to the Isle of Kor, but dares come no closer. Shouts the crewman, turning the winch above you. The lord of the castle does not like uninvited guests. Using the skiff's lone oar, you shove off against the hull of the Silver Star towards your destination. The black stone beach over the island looms close as you steer the small grey wooden craft to its only safe port, a narrow stretch of colorless sand in a barren crescent of beach. On either side, Ominous basalt breakers rise like skeletal fingers rising from an unquiet grave. There is little sound now, despite the turbulent waters of the lake, the gusts of wind around you, and the scathing storm about to break overhead. It almost feels as if Magnamund itself is trying to keep you from landing ashore this cursed isle. The long shadow of the dark fortress itself falls across you as a sudden crack of lightning splits the sky. Gustav, I have a question for you. You know, you're, you're, you're the one you're making this software. You're the one who's having to take all the creative ideas and then make them functional and work. And what you've put together is, is very impressive. I, I want to say, especially for really a one-man team in terms of the programming, it, it's so smooth and, and really fun and, and aesthetically pleasing. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And, and I wanted to ask you, what clearly you have a vision not just for right now but for the future of audio game books can you just give us a hint 
of what that vision is, where you hope the future of audio game books goes? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a big, big question. But yeah, our vision is, yeah, we, we don't want to make like any any mobile game like any of the other games out there. Of course, there's great, great uh, mobile games, of course, but there's also, uh, if you excuse the, excuse the expression, but there's a lot of crap like uh, Candy Crush and... Uh, and all that type of games that uh, seems just to brain, you know, people's brain cells just burn up. And uh, we want to make the total opposite. We want to make games that actually give you something. When you finish the game or put your phone down, you say that, huh, that's, that's actually, that was worth it. That was time well spent because I got to use my imagination. I, I get to um, expand my mind. It got me thinking. Maybe I think about the game afterwards and the story. And it's not so much about, you know, the little screen and being the technology itself. That's just the medium. It's uh, we want to 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 bring the story to people and bring people into the story. So you're not building just games. You want to build a doorway. You want to build a doorway into these worlds and to our imaginations. Oh, yes. That's uh, exactly what, what uh, we want to do. And, um, and hopefully, yeah, get people to slow down a bit and uh, reflect and not just uh, being uh, so obsessed with uh, checking uh, social media and, and, uh, and all that, that crap. I think for us, uh, you should all see Gustav's uh, sci-fi and uh, fantasy library. It's it's uh, extremely extensive, and uh, for us, it's always been been about this. We talked a lot about how how stories kind of are one of the most important things. Agreed, absolutely agreed. Um, and and to, to 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 touch back on 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 what you said just a minute ago. Uh, I think honestly, with with as violent and, and and as scary as this game can get, maybe we should call it anti-social media. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. It actually is. I mean, it's solo playing and stuff. It is. It really is anti-social media. It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, it really is. I, I, I want to jump in there, though. I do want to say this about that because this can sometimes be a a knock against the solo game book and I do want to I do want to comment one thing on this and I think you'll everybody here will agree I played the lone wolf books solo but I have connected more through those books with more people from more places around the world than from any other activity in my entire life I have met people from every continent and I can't say that about any other exactly Right. And so it's antisocial. I love that. I love that. But I also want to be clear. I think it's probably one of the most social things I've ever done in terms of how many people I've met and and, and the shared conversation yeah. we, and it, we have around this world. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the treasure that Joe left with this enormous canon that, that can, I mean, just going into the to the Discord and just checking all these 
these lore discussions where people are, are uh, intricate questions about about the law it's it's just fascinating it's just a testament to that the world inside is is probably just as vivid vivid as the world outside of us i mean the world inside our heads is 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 more vivid than than the outside world in many ways i would say struggling against the raging current beneath you and the press of winds billowing around the island you manage to row closer to shore the strain of your effort is almost more than the ore can take. You hear it groan with every press against the water, pushing you towards the shore by a few inches each time. The fierce downpour makes it hard to even see where you are going, but you are committed now. You pray that you are still aimed at the beach, as the jagged black rocks on either side would dash your skiff to pieces if you stray too close in the storm. Finally, the ore snaps and your small craft starts to overturn as a high cresting wave forces its left side almost straight towards the sky. In desperation, you grab your belongings and leap forward off the skiff. A few moments of hard effort later, you crawl up onto the sandbank and roll over to your back. The painful rain is almost refreshing after nearly drowning. Through the haze and chill of this vicious storm, your only focus is breathing and the thunder of your own heartbeat. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what the mission of Sound Realms was, what the inspiration was? I, I had this idea in the 90s uh, first that I, I was playing a lot of game books and uh, playing a lot of solo RPG stuff. And I was like, how cool would this be if it was like a movie that you actually heard the sound effects, you heard the music, it was dramatized, like extremely dramatized and uh, and everything was carefully planned. So when the game master would say something, it, it could be really emphasized with with sound and music. So, so because um, I was always having my headphones on and my, my portable CD player, but if we would do this Back then, you'd have to have a probably a coffin with CDs dragged around with you on the city and on the bus if you want, and then you'd have to. <laughs> it would be like you know, go to section three hundred and fifty-four. You had to go through your CDs and pick up the right one and, and listen. And and uh, also the the game mechanics would still have to be analog. So so I realized it wasn't really going to work. And you've all and you all were prior fans of Lone Wolf. When I was a kid, um, Lone Wolf and game books were not very popular, so very hard to find. I can't remember if I ever encountered it, but uh, I grew up loving all kinds of role-playing games and miniature games and uh, reading lots of fantasy books and uh, all that stuff. And then I guess it was when um, Osk Fogen reissued um, again, the Swedish uh, version of uh, Lone Wolf and Samavarian, um, I guess uh, almost 10 years ago or something, when that finally came out again. And uh, I guess around there was when I first tried it out and obviously, of course, loved it from the start. I, uh, I bought my first Lone Wolf book. Uh, it was uh, Kevin's of Kalte, I bought that as soon as it came out in Swedish, and I I had I had the first three books, 
but they were really hard to get here in Sweden. So I had to start with the third one because I couldn't find Flight from the Dark. Um, eventually, I got I got my hands on on the three of them, and then they they pulled down the the scaling of it. I think because they were just impossible to find. They they would sell out here in Sweden super fast. And to me, I've I've been playing role playing games since I was since I don't know 83, 80, 83, 84. But to me, the strongest experience, probably because I'm kind of an introvert person, is has always been playing by myself, not not playing. Or or if we did uh, traditional role playing, we we'd often be just two people, like like a game master and one player. So it's always been the strongest experiences to me because uh, when you when you have a group, everyone needs to have a snack. Someone. Uh, needs to do this, go go to the bathroom right when you're going to strike a troll in the head or something. It's always these distractions. And especially when, when, when you're when you're a kid, everyone is all over the place. Uh, Look, I have uh, repeatedly apologized, okay? Look, I have, a small, <laughs> I have a small bladder, I drink a lot of Mountain Dew. You know, you don't you don't have to keep harping on it. <laughs> <laughs> But I actually uh, today uh my son was uh I was checking through the game on on my iPad and my son said uh he's 6 years old he said show me show me the game and and I played it but he, he doesn't know English so I said well it's probably time so I took out my flight from the dark and we started his first uh adventure today actually and he just killed wow. the Vordak and got the got the the um the gem so he, he's very I killed a Vordak, Dad. I killed a Vordak. <laughs> what a milestone! So, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I went to Oskforgen's uh, website. His birthday is in August, so I'm gonna get all the full first books because my flight from the dog is falling apart. It's it's. Uh, I, I hardly dare to play it one more time. The, the, those original books, yeah, they they. Uh... They've suffered some abuse, no doubt. <laughs> Building on what you're talking about, Oscar, your experience with Lone Wolf and your love of Lone Wolf, you've come into this doing, as you said, the narration, I'm assuming most of the voice acting. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to hear, like, what what was it? First, well, a few questions here. First, what was it like getting to step into the world audibly like that to actually be a voice in the world of magnemut well it's 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 a great honor like um on, on the low wolf facebook group uh renee batsford from uh home god games who, who who you're probably very familiar with he put up a post uh with a picture of me saying the voice of of lone wolf which was uh it gave me goosebumps and it's like i mean it's it's more than i could ever ever imagine what would whatever whatever happen and 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 it to me it's it's a big responsibility to carry uh, to be that the lone the voice of of lone wolf uh i would still argue that ben is the voice of lone wolf through the podcast but uh uh it, it's it's a big thing it's it's an enormous legacy uh, and and i mean joe joe just didn't make any mistakes uh, the lone wolf Saga is is flawless, I, I would say. So, so it's it's a big thing. Yeah. And what is what is your process for getting into character? For do you have a inspirations you draw upon? Well, 
I've been a game master for 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 my entire life, more or less, since I was eight or nine years old. Um, and on top of that, I've been playing music for since I was sixteen years old, and, and now I'm, I'm I'm two years from fifty. So I think that I I've I've gotten a lot of uh, help from that. That this I, I used to record demos all the way back to when you had to put it on tape before digital recording. So when I see a red light record, then I know I have to perform. And I saw on Discord, we, there were some discussions, because if you're on our Discord, you can come join these discussions. Um, Oscar is present there quite a bit, talking about the, the, Fortress of, the Fortress of Death. And August, of course, is there. I myself am there. Um, and the... And you can really engage with the creators of this content. And Oscar, you said something that I thought really was inter- really interesting. You were talking with a fan about the drama of each scene, and you actually got a little mathematical about it, which I thought was fascinating. You said, well, I want to go through and actually measure the drama in each scene and and adjust, you know, maybe go back and edit or adjust to make sure there's there's like a high point, low points. Can you expand on that a bit? Is this is this something that you're going through and doing? Yeah, it, it was uh, it was pointed out to us when we were at Gothcon the first time when we just had Mason Magic, and uh, uh, an elder guy he, he tried the demo and and he told me that that uh, you have to take down on the drama because I'm just opening a door here and you make it sound like I'm gonna face a dragon and he said. What, what what are you gonna do when when you actually meet the boss? You know, like you have to have a you have to have a level of drama left to to reach there. So so at this point, I'm just reading in in the the sections uh, as as I feel them. But when we have the whole story and everything, I'm going to go back and revise everything to make sure that there is a level of of uh, of drama left when when you when you reach the climax of the of the book and of course making you have to make dull moments be dull like if you're just opening a door you're just opening a door otherwise you end up in the the zelda phenomenon where where link is as excited to find a single rupee as he is to find the master sword yeah, exactly yeah yeah <laughs> I, I can imagine like like <laughs> screaming in the the, the lord zada fight like ah totally at the <laughs> max of my lungs to, because <laughs> there's no dynamics left whatsoever. <laughs> we can mix your love of metal with your love of the series. Whenever you fight, get to Zada, you just break, you pull out the guitar, it becomes a metal battle, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Though you fight bravely against the terrible worm beast, the wet stone beneath you betrays you. As you lunge forward, trying to slay the creature, you lose your footing and tumble to the ground. Your grip falters and your weapon clatters away. Before you can roll to retrieve it, your vile foe slams down, crushing the life from you. Your quest ends here, beneath the bloated body of a ravenous Zagotar. And that leads me to our final question, which is I'm going to ask each of you to answer. What are you most excited for fans to experience with the Fortress of Death? 
Well, I I think it's it's really cool that that we are expanding the canon, taking this in another direction. We, we we're broadening everything out. Like we we're, we're adding another dish to the menu of Magnum, so to speak. And I hope that people will be as excited about that as as uh, as we are. And and I really like the, the fact that August brings in not just it's not just another character. It's 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 five and possibly six characters that 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 enter and uh and so um it just uh gives more life to magnamund in a way and i th- i think that's really exciting i would i would like to point out that he did say enter there is no guarantee that you get to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. August, you've created a number of uh, of deaths for people. I'm sure. I'm, is that what you're most excited for to see how many people uh, die? You know, all, <laughs> uh, all, almost, almost. Um, literally, after I wrote the demo, uh, they these guys came back to me and asked me to write specific death sections. Not just for like the, the you know the insta deaths that you that you're used to in a regular lone wolf book, but like very specific death scenes for each combat. So right, because you're not de- held up by a section count the way you would exactly. or a publishing size. Exactly. So whoa, so oh man, so you guys really unleashed the dog on this one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you took you took August off leash and, and he said you said you have freedom. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I get to I get to create incredibly awesome and grisly and terrifying and horrible. And you'll need therapy when this is done. Death scenes for every single possible way to die. It that I, I really do. I think that is what I am most excited about. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And Gustav. Yeah, my. What I first uh, thought about was um, same as Oscar said about um, expanding the Lone Wolf uh, story and universe with um, more depth and details and characters. But now he said that. So second uh, thing I thought about was the death scenes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's been said as well. But um, oh, I blame, I blame also- you guys because you asked me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that, that's that's gonna be great i'm i'm excited about you know having even if you fail the mission and die and lose the game still maybe you got uh, to uh, a deaf scene or deaf section that made it worthwhile because you got got to hear that and it was awesome anyway <laughs> but i'm also excited about hopefully being able to to show um lone wolf to to new fans and new players and like people who wouldn't normally you know pick up a game book or buy it uh, maybe they're open to trying out an um, audio version like this in app format and hopefully that will uh, get them to enjoy lone wolf and then pick up the original game books later on yeah, one thing we should let uh, everyone know is that for for uh, the Kickstarter, we're going to have a couple of physical um, uh, stuff that you can get through the Kickstarter. So a couple of handouts for each character and, and maps and stuff. And those will only be av- available during the Kickstarter. Can you give us a sense of maybe some of the, you know, August had mentioned stretch goals earlier. 
Can you give us a sense of it doesn't have to be locked in? I know a lot of times this doesn't get locked in till just before launch, but can you give us a sense of what, what you're thinking for stretch goals? Yes, we're going to do, um, since we're, we're adding a randomized um, way of, uh, if you encounter a, a monster in, in the game, at, at times we're going to randomize this. And so, uh, so some of the stretch goals will be that we can add more and more monsters to those randomizations. The same thing when you find an object that at times it, that will also be randomized. So, and then we can add, add, add to those databases with a number of stretch goals. And then we want to add a number of, uh, side quests. Those will also be stretch goals and uh, more playable characters. And, and when you say, uh, these, these randomized monsters, out of curiosity, is there any level of the Kickstarter where people can can um, fund in order to be one of the creators of a monster, like make their own, you know, have input into what a monster is, make a monster for Castle Death? It's funny you should ask that. Because no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that would be hilarious. But, but no, no, we, we literally... Um, day before yesterday uh two or three days ago we created that particular stretch goal beautiful ah because because i i was already checking my wallet here going might have, might have to might have i've always wanted you know the beautiful thing about castle death it, it, well not really beautiful is that it is this it is a a a place, a breeding ground for anything you can think of. It, it's so separate. The, the the horrors of Castle Death are, you know, myriad, and they don't have to make sense with the rest of the world. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Honestly, going through this game and, and, and helping to create this game has given me so much more insight as to uh, Lord Zada himself, because Lord Zada is basically, as far as I can tell, he is a caffeine fueled maker monkey, but uh, but I, I I'm super excited about what's probably going to be our our top stretch goal, which is where you get to make you get to help us make that sixth adventure. Oh, that's fun! Get to help make the the final adventure. I love that. Basically, if you if you're out there and you've always wanted a particular kind of hero like maybe something that was mentioned in one of the books or something that you made up yourself. Or you win Pathfinder. Uh, that, We've gotten that request a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. An arrow and Pathfinder. Uh, yeah. New I, I, Nick. Yeah, do not, do not make me haul out the accent. Oh, just, if, just oh guys, if it. you do a new Nick anywhere, August has to do. The we books. know that. If yeah, we know that. <laughs> okay, good. August, <laughs> can't you give us a sample? <laughs> I do not want to do the sample. No, I'm not doing the sample. <laughs> you, you, you cannot make me, man No. So we have a stretch goal now where the entire book is read by August in the new Nick voice. <laughs> it will be the death of yeah. August. It'll be the death of the Kickstarter. <laughs> the skiff is lowered onto the water. You grip your oar as the storm begins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, make it happen, guys. Well, this is my last, my truly final question for, for everyone. And that is, do you envision future Lone Wolf adventures on Sound Realms? Absolutely. Already discussed this with August. And he said he'll write as many as, as, as we need. So, uh, 
So, uh, of course. Oh, and, and if we and we could connect them, and these heroes could then continue on, and oh yeah, absolutely. Well, everyone, I want to thank, I want to give a huge thank you to Gustav and Oscar for joining us today, really making this, you are our first guests on the uh, Journeys Through Magnemon. You're, you're the first NPCs wow. we've met. <laughs> <laughs> an honor, an honor. Yeah. Uh, I must you. say that I really enjoy the podcast. Uh, it's uh, really, really good, good stuff you're well, doing, you. guys. Thank you very much. You know, everybody, I think, who works in Lone Wolf, like we've, we've talked about, they just have a passion for this world. And, uh, and, and August and I, of course, have that. And you both clearly have that. It's really fun to, to be a Lone Wolf fan right now. Absolutely. Oh, and, and, as, a, and as, a, as a great honor, you all are, were our first companions. And because Lone Wolf isn't here, you get to live. <laughs> <laughs> now, you'll just get on that boat. Uh, to leave and yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, with that, yep. we are going to say farewell for now, but we are going to keep our eyes open for news on the Fortress of Death. You know where you can find that. And we also encourage you to join our Discord and our Facebook page. This is the Lone Wolf uh, Gamebook group on Facebook, the, the Lone Wolf group on, um, on Discord where you can keep up with everything that's going on and there is a lot going on but until next time for Summerland and the Kai throughout this episode you have heard audio samples from the Fortress of Death the Kickstarter launch is September 15th sign up on Kickstarter for the Fortress of Death to get notified on the date of launch. The music you've been listening to is composed by the Brotherhood of the Crystal Star, which you can find on Bandcamp and Spotify to hear more Lone Wolf-inspired music. The intro theme is composed by Ed Hicks for the Journey Through Magnumon podcast. Thank you for listening. Play that can save us all Hell does you Don't mean nothing to me